Hello and welcome to this Alan and Dovery Brexit podcast. My name is Amanda Thomas and I'm a partner in the International Capital Markets Practice at Allen and Overy. I'm joined by Jen Creswell, who's a counsel in our International Capital Markets Practice. In this episode, we will discuss 10 points for action and issues for consideration to assist issuers and other participants in the mainstream debt capital markets when preparing for a hard Brexit. When we're talking about hard Brexit, we mean the UK leaving the EU without a deal. The effect of a hard Brexit will be that the UK will no longer be a member state of the EU and that union law will not be applicable in the UK. We're aware that the UK government has announced measures which will address some concerns of issuers accessing UK markets following a hard Brexit. However, we have not seen any similar measures contemplated by the EU to date. So our discussion today will focus principally on the impact of a hard Brexit on accessing EU27 markets and complying with EU27 regimes post-Brexit in the mainstream debt capital markets space. Okay then, Jen, thinking first about London-listed issuers. If the UK is heading for a hard Brexit, should issuers reconsider London as a listing venue? I think the answer to this will depend on whether the issuer plans for its securities to be potentially used as collateral in Eurosystem credit operations. For debt instruments to be eligible, they have to fulfil certain specified criteria, one of which is that they must be admitted to trading on an EU regulated market or on an acceptable non-regulated market. Following a hard Brexit, the main market of the London Stock Exchange will no longer be an EU-regulated market. It's also uncertain whether the ECB, the European Central Bank, will revise its list of acceptable non-regulated markets to include London's main market. So where it's important that an issuer's debt instruments can potentially be used as collateral by counterparties within the euro system any London-listed issuer should consider an alternative listing venue. This could be an EU27 regulated market or one of the acceptable non-regulated markets from the ECB's list, like the global exchange market in Ireland or the Euro MTF in Luxembourg. However, if choosing an EU27 regulated market, current indications are that it won't be possible following a hard Brexit to achieve that listing using an FCA-approved and passported prospectus, including one which has been approved and passported prior to Brexit. That's a key point you mentioned there, Jen, and one that I think is worth considering more broadly. On a hard Brexit, the ability to passport a prospectus between the UK and EU27 under the EU prospectus regime will end. The UK government has helpfully confirmed that prospectuses approved by an EU27 competent authority and passported into the UK before Brexit will be grandfathered for use in the UK until their validity expires. On the other hand, there's been no indication to date that a similar confirmation will be given by the EU in respect of an FCA-approved prospectus which has been passported into the EU prior to Brexit. What this means is that following a hard Brexit, issuers who still wish to admit to trading on a regulated market in the EU27 or offer to the public in the EU27 on a non-exempt basis are going to need prospectus approval from an EU27 competent authority. Thinking about the prospectus regime, the denomination of securities is of course key. Where an issuer issues wholesale securities, so 
debt securities having a denomination of at least €100,000 or equivalent in another currency, it takes the benefit of key exemptions from certain obligations under both the EU's prospectus and transparency regimes. The wholesale regime benefits include lighter prospectus disclosure requirements, an exemption for offers to the public and an exemption from the EU Transparency Directive's financial reporting requirements. So, Amanda, will a hard Brexit impact on denomination? Well, it isn't exactly clear what the impact of a hard Brexit will be on the value of sterling. So issues of sterling-denominated debt securities, which rely on the wholesale regime, should check when issuing that the denomination of their securities is equivalent to €100,000. A similar point will be relevant, in general, for any issuers of sterling-denominated securities who want to have a choice over which EU27 competent authority will approve their prospectus. That's because debt securities must have a denomination equivalent to at least €1,000 to facilitate that. And by the way, €100,000, or the equivalent, is also expected to be the relevant threshold for wholesale treatment under the UK's domestic prospectus regime post-Brexit. So checking the value of sterling will be prudent from that perspective too. Jen, you briefly mentioned a moment ago the EU Transparency Directive. Will the UK leaving the EU in a hard Brexit scenario mean any actions needed from a TD perspective? Yes, quite possibly. As a reminder, the EU's transparency directive regime requires filing, publication and dissemination of so-called regulated information with an issuer's home member state. Certain issuers currently have the UK as their TD home member state. But if they also have securities listed elsewhere in the EU27, they will probably need to elect another home member state in place of the UK to satisfy EU transparency directive requirements. It's unclear exactly how issuers will need to do this, though, and an indication from the European Securities and Markets Authority would be helpful here. Amanda, obviously, we are spending a reasonable amount of time talking about regulatory regimes. Would it be worth pausing for a moment to consider the impact of a hard Brexit on standard language in documentation? Well, Jen, you know that I do love talking about regulatory regimes, but I'm quite happy to pause for a moment, as you suggest, and think about language and documentation. As I mentioned earlier, a hard Brexit will mean that the UK will not be a member state of the EU and that union law will not be applicable in the UK. Various selling restrictions and legends are going to need to be revisited because of that. The current market standard ICMA EEA public offer selling restriction won't cover the UK public offer regime, so consideration is going to need to be given to how to address the UK position and the relevant English domestic law in that language. A similar exercise is going to be needed in respect of PRIP selling restrictions and legends, MIFID product governance legends and other language, and the stabilisation and retail cascade wording we're used to seeing. We will of course be involved in discussions around the ICMA table on the necessary changes to that standard language. Okay then, Jem, back to regulation. I think it will be worth zeroing in on issuers who draw up UK GAAP accounts. Will a hard Brexit have any impact on those issuers listed in the EU27? Yes, I think so. Following a hard Brexit, issuers who produce UK GAAP accounts will still be able to use them to meet the UK's domestic prospectus disclosure requirements. However, 
UK issuers using UK GAAP to list on EU27 regulated markets or offer to the public in the EU27 on a non-exempt basis will face more onerous disclosure requirements in their prospectuses. That's because post-Brexit they become third country issuers and so must disclose financial information prepared according to IFRS or national accounting standards equivalent to IFRS. As UK GAAP is not yet subject to a Commission equivalence decision, this means that UK GAAP issuers listing in the EU27 will need to restate to IFRS if they're producing a retail prospectus or produce a narrative statement of differences from IFRS if producing a wholesale prospectus. However, UK GAAP issuers may not want to list further retail debt securities or maintain their list of existing retail debt securities on an EU27 regulated market post-Brexit. This is because post-Brexit there'll be third country issuers of retail debt and unable to use the wholesale exemption and so will be required by the TD to file annual and semi-annual accounts in accordance with IFRS unless an equivalence decision regarding UK GAAP is made by the European Commission. But tearing ourselves away from prospectuses and transparency, you talked earlier about ECB eligibility. Are there specific ECB eligibility concerns for UK issuers? Not concerns as such. Debt securities of a UK issuer will continue to be potentially eligible as collateral in Eurosystem credit operations post-Brexit. However, as the UK will be a non-EEA G10 country post-Brexit, Debt securities issued by a UK issuer must be supported by a legal opinion and that's got to be in a form and substance acceptable to the ECB. Moving away from the UK issuer sphere, Amanda, do you want to talk about the impact on DCM documentation for EU27 bank issuers? Yes, I do. In the mainstream space, most EU27 bank issuers have already moved to include Article 55 BRRD contractual recognition of bail-in language in relevant English law-governed terms and conditions in anticipation of English law becoming a third country law post-Brexit. Following a hard Brexit, it's also going to be necessary for EU27 bank issuers and EU27 banks when acting as dealers or managers and agents on transactions to include that contractual recognition language in their so-called other liabilities governed by English law. This means it's going to be necessary to include relevant language in contractual documents such as a subscription agreement and in auditor arrangement letters at the point of issuance and at the point of an update of a programme. Whilst on contractual documents, it might also be worth mentioning that listing covenants could be reviewed at an appropriate point to ensure flexibility going forward. Indeed they could. Uh, It's unlikely that Brexit and the fact that London's main market won't be an EU-regulated market going forward will actually cause an issuer to breach its listing covenants. That's because most listing covenants require an issuer to maintain the particular listing that has been sought on issue for its notes. Having said that, some listing covenants provide that listing can be obtained instead on another EU-regulated market as an alternative to maintaining the particular listing sought on issue. So this would preclude listing on London as an alternative to an EU-regulated market listing. Going forward, it might therefore be desirable to add a specific reference to London's main market as an additional alternative to an EU-27-regulated market to ensure appropriate flexibility. 
Okay then, as a final point for discussion, Jen, it would be interesting to hear a little bit about what the impact of a hard Brexit will be in terms of the UK's domestic prospectus regime, particularly in relation to those issuers who will want to access both the UK and EU27 markets. Well, the EU Withdrawal Act 2018 will, on a hard Brexit, domesticate the current prospectus regime, which is based on the EU's prospectus directive. But the EU will move to the new prospectus regulation, so-called PD3, soon after Brexit on the 21st of July. As the UK will no longer be a member state at that date, the UK will need to introduce specific legislation to update its prospectus regime in line with the new EU prospectus regulation. Now, the UK government has indicated its intention to do so and has published draft legislation facilitating this, but the timing and details are currently unclear. The hope is that the UK will domesticate the new prospectus regulation, concurrent with it applying in the EU27 to ease prospectus drafting for issuers accessing UK and EU27 markets. If this doesn't happen, issuers wishing to access both the UK and any EU27 market will need to bear in mind the potential need to comply with different prospectus content requirements. We hope you found this a useful high-level discussion of points for action and issues for consideration on the mainstream debt capital market side. Whilst many of the points we've talked about will apply equally in relation to covered bond and structured finance transactions in general, there will also be additional points to consider in those contexts. You can find Brexit publications relating to these areas and indeed many others on our website. That's it from us then. Thank you for listening and goodbye.